up, everybody? Welcome back to Why God Why. It's me, Zach, your host, again, as always. And it's me, God. I was just host. going to introduce you. Mm -hmm. If you'll let me get to it, I was right there. And you know that I was going to. No, I don't anticipate things you're going to do. I've done it every episode I've introduced you. Well, now I, we've done it enough times that I know how this thing flows. I'm Zach, and I'm your host. God is with oh, me. Oh, and then there's right. this guy. Not a big deal. I, I'm only talking to the creator of the universe. I'm not putting you second to belittle you. I'm putting you second to build it up. And a little bit burying the lead, I guess you could call it. Mm -hmm. I'm here with God. Yep. But seriously, folks, I'm actually really glad you're here today. We've got a loaded, tricky, fascinating topic Ooh, we're going into today. Sounds scandalous. It is, and it's some it's a topic that, that just intimately affects everybody. Uh-huh. Uh, we're talking about sex and relationships today. Oh great. Yeah. I'm down with all those things. I'm down with them too. And um dude, we've we as a species have made such a complicated mess out of sex and relationships. Oh my god, have you ever? Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. It's like crazy. Um I honestly this topic is so big that I don't even really know where to start. Well, what's tell me about you. Yeah. Yeah. Good place to start as any. I mean, um, Nothing super exotic for me. I'm currently in a monogamous relationship, and mm. then, you know... It's I, the cutest relationship, too. It's really cute. My significant other is just wonderful. They met each other doing Romeo and Juliet. You know, I mean... You know what roles we played, too, How right? sweet is that? We were actually Romeo and Juliet. It's adorable. Yeah. I was, can't I can't get enough of these two. It was inevitable. Yeah. But, uh... Oh, by the way, yeah. before this gets too weird, I've seen you have sex. I know. Is it weird for you now, knowing that I'm always there, now that we're friends? I don't mean to insult you, I honestly forget. No, good. That means you're paying attention to what you should be doing. Yeah, that's why it's really easy for me to forget you're there. Now, yeah, it's not nothing weird. against you. No, no. It'd be weird if you were having sex and like putting on a show for me. Yeah, I don't want to do that. No. I f that would totally take me out of it. Also, I wouldn't be impressed. I know you wouldn't be impressed. There's not a lot you can do that's going to dazzle me in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. And once I released myself of that responsibility, because it did cross my mind. Mm -hmm. And I was like, uh, when I first met you, and that was honestly one of the first things that came tumbling out of your mouth. Yeah. Is that you just watch. You, you brought that up basically every episode that you watch everybody in the world all the time have sex. Yeah. I've seen you masturbate, too. I bring that up pretty frequently mm -hmm. as well. It's not weird. Everyone does it. That. Or they should do I'm it. I'm going to be honest. There's still a kernel inside me that is still trying to impress you in the masturbation part. Because I don't have to worry about anybody else. So yeah. I can. It's it's a lot harder for me to forget that you're there. Well, I don't know if you're thinking about me. I'm hoping you're not. It's not that I'm thinking about you. It's not like you're my material. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you this. When you're doing it, I'm not like critiquing you or anything. I just happen to be everywhere, mm -hmm. you know, so I'm not like, ooh, good form. Would you say I had good form just if you had to, if someone was like asking? Sometimes you do. I think sometimes you're lazy about it. Mm -hmm. But then again, you know, sometimes you're just doing it to get the job done. Yeah, sometimes it's just about like I can't focus on whatever my task at hand yeah. is. So, and so I have to put my task in my hand, right? Right, right. <laughs> you gotta, I... you got to get it out there so you can go back to being a person. Yeah. For a second. That's a weird thing that you... Um, why did you give us that kind of like pent up sexual energy that we have to release like a 
spit valve on a bassoon. Well, it's a really important part of A, continuing the species. Got to get you to breed with each other. Mm -hmm. Also, it's a really important part of, of, you know, the two genders getting along. For example, if, if men and women could reproduce asexually, mm-hmm. the, the first thing they'd do is kill the other one off. Oh. You yeah. know what I mean? Sure, they, don't, they don't need them. And, and part of, of sex and intimacy and having that sort of, uh, you know, sperm and egg binary situation is, is it's a reason to, to have both parties put up with each other mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. I didn't make people gay or straight or, you know, you can identify or call yourself whatever it is you want. You know, I, I wanted people to connect. However they connected is totally up to them. Mm-hmm. So you, you feel like it's more interesting for us to have other reasons we do things than just the one necessary thing for the species to keep going. You can do whatever it is you want, mm-hmm. really, is what I'm saying. Okay. That's kind of liberating. Uh, Great. One thing that I wanted to bring up, just a little personal history here, is that I I think I mentioned to you, I came up, I I grew up Baptist. You know, Mm, I grew up in the Baptist church. Mm -hmm. So that's everything that you think comes with it comes with it. Meaning, Mm -hmm. like, my idea was that I was going to wait till marriage to lose my virginity. Yeah. Uh, I didn't wind up doing that. Um, I haven't been married. Uh, But I, I, you know, I lost my virginity at... I don't know, in average time, maybe on the little bit later side, I guess. But the point is, is that I was, um, I, I was really aware of the church's teachings on that and the, the, the belief that it was going to be a sin, do that stuff before I was married. And that yeah. like guilt was always kind of with me, sort of affected how my, you know, relationships and early sexual experiences happen in high school and college and stuff like that. Sure, because everything is tied to feeling guilty about everything. Right. Yeah. Right. So why, why, I mean, like, what do you think, to what end does that exist? Well, a lot of that came from the fact that people feel uncomfortable with their sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're vulnerable and intimate and... And some people want to bury those feelings, oof, and they don't want to deal with other people doing those things, so they try to repress them. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, uh, the church will tell you masturbating is a sin, and I'll tell you I don't trust someone who doesn't masturbate. No. Oh. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: you give someone a toy that's fun, it's pleasurable, and they don't play with it. What's that person got going on? What dark secrets are they trying to hide? I don't know, but there's a reservoir of just stored up God knows what. Rage. Yeah. Yeah. The how it manifests. Yeah, well, because the thing is, is like they're not, they're not working. They're trying to, they're trying to be something they're not. Mm-hmm. Every time a, a gay conversion therapy place closed down, it's because the person that started it was gay. Mm. All right? He's trying to get other people to stop being gay so he feels less mm-hmm. weird about the fact that he's gay. Mm-hmm. Or she's gay, you know. Just be gay. Well, we complicated a lot. And you complicate a lot of things. Guilt, yeah. guilt is such plays such a huge role in sexuality and relationships. It and shouldn't. Like yeah, it, it it shouldn't. I agree with you. It just seems so deeply. Ingrained. Well, it shouldn't if you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. One thing I'll tell you is weird about people and sex. Sex is meant to have a have a deeper f- connection. You know, everything's about connecting with each other. Mm-hmm. 
people treat sex like they're they're checking off a box, like they're trying to win a scavenger hunt. Yeah. I did this with this person, check. We got a hand job, check. Mm-hmm. You know, got a BJ from this person, check. Got the bases. Yeah, we structure it. Like yeah, you structure game. it like those things. But the, what that happens then is you're making it all about you in in this thing that you can brag about later to your friends or 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 feel good about for yourself that i did this thing i you know mm-hmm. you're missing the whole point yeah there was another person there what were they doing the whole time while you were doing your checking the boxes yeah and you were tuned out yeah and then you know what else happens after that it's bad sex yeah and then you know what else happens you don't get it again a good point yeah i'm loving this consent stuff everything about yeah absolutely listen i there is no good sex without both people enthusiastically saying yes yeah why, why would if you, you ask someone what? if they want to have sex and they go sure you don't want to do that yeah. it's sad it gets sad for the both of you i don't know the way you said sure just then made it sound like it was like flirty like sure no yeah, sure i know you know you know if someone's excited. I know. I'm poking the bear if, a little if bit. They're just, if they're just doing it because you asked or they feel obligated, their they're they're head's not in the game. Feel obligated. What a place to come to where you have to feel obligated. Oh, it's sad, yeah. Uh, well, listen, I could, I could, this topic is so freaking rich that I could keep going, and we will, but I, I have more questions. And mm-hmm. I want to pose them to both you and to our guests that we have on today. Great. Because we have a guest coming on today that um, I cannot wait to talk to. Her name is Brooke. She has had an amazing experience that is so completely different from mine. Um, she describes herself, self-described, as a queer non-monogamous. Fun. In her... Um, yeah, in her life. And uh, she has experience in sex work, mm. which I can't wait to ask her what that is all about Mm -hmm. um and then she also uh uh described herself as a loose jew (laughs) yeah i get that you know what that is yeah better than i do she's jewish yeah jewish yeah jew adjacent uh we're gonna take a break really quick and then we're gonna come back with brooke all right i can't wait You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, but you should also check us out on the That's Entertainment Network. Mm-hmm. It's the home of tons of great podcasts like Bullies Keep Out, Ooh. The Ladies Who Rant, yeah. Women on Women, nice, and The Flagship Show. Everything is awesome. Yeah, everything is awesome, too. It, everything? Well, not everything. According to the podcast, it is. Sure. Now, I, I believe that they're only covering awesome things. No, everything is not always awesome. But everything awesome is awesome. Yeah. So the podcast should be called Everything Awesome is Awesome. Oh, that's good. You can see all of these amazing podcasts at www.thatentertains.com. And also follow on Twitter. At That Entertains. It's the same thing as a website. You'll get it. You heard it here, folks. That's an official endorsement from God. Yeah, everybody go check out That's Entertainment. ThatEntertains.com. And we're back to the Why God Why podcast. I'm Zach. And we're talking about sex. Oh, yeah. Second time in one episode that I've tried to introduce you. Sorry. And you talked over me. We ready? Okay. But I wanted to bring on our guest... (laughs) Brooke, what's up? I'm glad to know that God is so excited to talk about this. Yeah, sex is awesome. Can be. 
It definitely yeah. can be. Yeah, it's not always. No. It's, statistically speaking, it's mostly sad. Mo- mostly it's not great. Hmm. Yeah. You know. Well, I, I heard what you said earlier about the reason you you made sex in order to propagate the species. Um, and that left me wondering a very specific question. So in order to have a child, if a man and a woman are having sex, why did you make it so that the man is the only person that has to orgasm in order to make a person? Mm-hmm. Why, why couldn't that have been a two-way street? Well, it, it is. Um, here's the thing. I thought I had balanced the scales pretty well. So, for example, you know, a lot of men have trouble finding the clitoris, right? Which, by the way, is a wonderful feat of engineering, and I just want to thank you personally. Oh, no problem. That. Well, huge fan. Here's what I'll, I'll show you where my intentions were, and then we can see where it went wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I put, it, I put it right up front. It's like a little doorbell. It's a little button right at the top. It seems obvious. Everyone can see it. It's maybe the only thing that's sticking out saying, hello, press me, you know, and I knew people loved pressing buttons. So I was like, great, I'll put this button there. Someone's going to press it. Mm -hmm. That is true. I do love pressing the buttons in the elevator. Yeah, exactly. This is the only situation in which people don't press the button. Now, in every other way, I put a button in front of someone, they press it. In this one situation, they don't. You tell me how that went wrong. Well, I don't know. Because you put a button next to a hole, and I think that there's an equally satisfying part of the psyche where you want to, like, dive into a, a hole or a cavern or something like that. You know, like, something coming from when we used to be foxes or whatever we were. Well, here's the other thing that I also hoped. Oof, I hoped. Um... You know, I I tried to make it even so so men have one seemingly sad orgasm and women can have as many as they want mm-hmm. and they can have them from their clitoris or vaginally or anally they they can just keep going and they can get bigger and build and, and have a have a fantastic time theoretically that uh they would have more partners and you know they could just keep going and doing their thing and and I gave men the one sad orgasm so that they'd stop. So that for the love of God, something would shut them down. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sounds like you think that men should be with one partner, but women should have many partners. Yeah, I mean, I don't really care what configuration you go with. Everything comes to the balancing out. So when you talk about why, why does it only require one male orgasm and no female orgasms make a baby, I will say that sex most of the time shouldn't be about making a baby. You know, how often are you trying to make a baby? Maybe once or twice. Exactly. So he needs to have one or two orgasms ever. Do you get get where I'm going with this? Mm -hmm. You know, and then the amount of times you have sex where both people should be having orgasms Mm -hmm. or not. You know, don't make that the measure of your sexual experience. Make it make it about your connection. But if you're having like a 30 second pump fest and someone just drops a load and it's just that's sad. It's not good for anybody. But it is the bare minimum. It is the bare minimum for procreation, but not for sex. Yeah, for, for procreation. It's like you, you just need a C- minus for procreation. Yeah. Barely passing. Yeah. Sure. Right. So, you know, I, I heard you say earlier that be gay, be straight, be whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, do you have any sexual attraction to any 
gender being person do you do you feel sexual urges at all um Is that a thing for you no not really i mean i get it like do you masturbate i don't i don't have a i don't have a thing to oh you don't to masturbate with you no. don't have a physical form that you i don't can have a physical form yeah. at all no oh i kind of thought hmm. No, I'm more of a, a, a series of, of consciousness and energy that sort of extends and exists everywhere. Hmm. Right. Um, you know, I get it. I feel sexual energy coursing through the universe. I mean, that's a cool feeling. You know, but all things in existence also feel that. And, you know, I've tried a lot of different versions of, of what mating looks like as I've sort of created new things. But again, sometimes they take a weird turn that's very unexpected. Praying Mantis, didn't see that one coming. What you did with duck penises is really fascinating. Yeah. The whole corkscrew form mm -hmm. is just wild. Yeah, I've tried a whole bunch of different versions of penises and what those look like and uh -huh. vaginas and what those look like. Is there one that you like best? I mean, it seems like you're workshopping it then. I have one that I regret. Mm -hmm. uh, cats. Oh, yeah. That was that was an attempt. You know, the the first cat sort of making it so that another male cat could come in and breed. I was just trying to slow him down. Yeah, it doesn't sound like fun when cats fuck. It's awful. Yeah. You know. Then I've also experimented with. You know, here's the thing on why m men don't carry the babies. They mm. can't handle it. Tried it out with seahorses. I thought so. Yeah. Well, have you ever seen a guy when he gets sick, how much he whines? Yep. Yeah. Well, women and how they handle pregnancies is is amazing compared to how men uh, handle pregnancies. Hmm. You you don't want to talk to a, a pregnant male seahorse. They are they are moody in a way that is indescribable, and like they're just inconsolable. Yeah. They're whiny little mops of creatures. and Wow, that is actually really validating. It makes me really happy to hear you say that, God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, I, for one, can't imagine that we would do well with that responsibility. No, well, you know, it's you see all the things when, when men were finally testing out birth control and finally messing with their hormones, how upset and whiny they got that they felt bloated and, you know, mm -hmm. they complain a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brooke, I actually had a question for you. Yes. Because I was so curious um, that just in your your descriptor at the top of the show, I said, because you had mentioned you had worked in, in sex work. Mm -hmm. Would you be willing to talk about that a little bit more? Just I, I what exactly does that mean? What did you, um, what were so, you involved in? So sex work encapsulates um, a lot of different areas. It encapsulates strippers slash exotic dancers. It captures cam girls. Um, what are called full-service sex workers, escorts, companions, mm -hmm. you know, they have a lot of different names. And I specifically did um, work as a dominatrix, which is very kink-oriented, and, you know, every each and every sex worker has different boundaries hmm. um, and different things that they're willing to do and not do. And within the world of sex work, unfortunately, there's there can sometimes be what's called the hierarchy, which is, oh, oh well, well, you know... Cam girls, uh, they they only masturbate or they only have sex with their partner, so they're 
you know, better or cleaner than full service sex workers who mm. have sex with different people. And so it's judgy. Very judgy. Yeah. It's very judgy. Well, people get really judgy when it comes to sex. Yeah. Always. There, everyone has a, an opinion on what others should be doing or should not be doing or what is right to do or not to do. And honestly, it, it you know, I, I hope you don't take this personally, God. Eventually, mm. I just decided to, you know, say, fuck it to what anybody else thought and kind of just went according to what I felt to be right. Is that is that the way to do it? <laughs> yeah, I, I wish more people would. Awesome. It already makes everything so complicated. Oh, it's so such like, a relief. You know, I I think dominatrixes, dominatrixes, how do you say it? What's the new? Dominas works. Dominas, Or great. doms. I think that they're providing a really great emotionally healthy service to people who are not working through things that they should be working through. Mm. You know what I mean? People go to therapists. Mm-hmm. People go to doms. It's the same thing. It's it's you've got something that you need to process and you want to have a safe, you know, hopefully fun way to do it. Well, that was something else I wanted to talk to you about because, mm. you know, so often as sex workers, we hear that, you know, we're we're wrong and God hates sex workers when <laughs> sex work is literally the oldest profession. So what what do you think when sex in its ideal form is supposed to be something that's very special and bonding between two people? What do you think about sex as a service? I say you got it. Why not? Why not do it? That's fair. Yeah. Well, one, it's not the oldest profession. Oh, what is farming? I mean, people needed to to make food before they had to sell sex. So, but so a close second, farming and then sex work. Well, because you're you're dealing with different circumstances. So when we were people were tribes, you know, you, you had to obviously eat, gather mm-hmm. food. Then you started making food, farming. Um, you know, people were less worried about their mates uh, in that period because you you had less options. So it was mm-hmm. like you got Brooke and you got Karen. And so when people were thinking about Oh, man, who am I going to settle down with? Well, I don't like Karen, so now it's Brooke. Mm. And that was it. And then they were happy, and they didn't have any other options, so they worried about these things less. Then once population started expanding, you go, Oh, man, Delilah here is not doing it for me anymore. I would really love to see a sex worker. And then, you know, Susie's like, Well, I'll have sex with you in exchange for something. And then there was sex work. Mm. So farming came first. So, but the way that you describe it, that sounds like, um, that sounds like sex work is coming to, it, it, it came out of a dissatisfaction because of a larger population and just more options? Well, you're providing a service. So people need to have sex, hmm. regardless of procreation. They need to, they need to experience that kind of connection. Mm-hmm. Some people are just not great. Whether, whether they just don't have a really good personality or they're not super attractive mm. or, you know, they're, they're really depressed or wh- whatever their thing is. You know, they're having trouble finding a mate. They should still get to have sex. Mm. Now, they might not be great at getting a partner, but maybe they're a really good baker and they make good pastries and they make good money doing that. They can take that money and then, you know, go have sex with this person who's a pro at having sex and charges for it. It's... It's an exchange of goods and services. You tell me what's wrong with that. It kind of sounds like you're very open to the fact or the possibility that in this modern changing world, one person might not fulfill all of your needs all the time. No. No? Well, they can't. 
Oh, they can. Yeah. Yeah. It's also a relatively new thing, too, that that people make their partner their everything. You're my best friend, and you're my, you're my therapist, and you're my, you know, the list goes on and on. You know, you're my, you're, you're the, the mother or father of my children, and... And my fire-hearted lover. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's hard to... And you have to be all that all at the same time, time. always. Right. Well, because the things go in opposite directions. So it's like, if your person becomes your comfort and your security, you're not going to have as much passion. Mm. Because those exist on the opposite end of the same spectrum. Hmm. You know, the more comfortable you get, the less passionate you get. So is it healthier to accept that or is it healthier to seek out the other side of the spectrum in another person well different people have different needs uh-huh. some people really like security and they're great and they're not super interested in sex so fine you know what i mean you get your secure partner you don't have to worry about it people don't have to have sex you know some people don't want to mm-hmm. that's totally fine too and also to be fair i've i've had some sexual experiences that were very much fueled by feeling comforted and secure mm-hmm. in my partnership yeah, and they've been like like the purest orgasms I've ever had. I think one time I had an orgasm like thinking about my partner like being a great dad and playing with our kids in the yard and then coming up and giving me a kiss. And I was like, oh, fuck, that's really hot for yeah. some reason. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Not for some reason. That makes sense. Right. You know, you feel good. You feel close. Mm-hmm. You know, that's beautiful. But then Why not have an orgasm to that? Right. And, and then there's tentacle porn. There's just so much. Sure. So tentacle much. porn. All you've the seen holes that, right? are filled. Of course, you've seen that. Of course, I have. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. That makes sense. That that makes sense to me too. Yeah. What tentacle porn? Yeah. Or okay. Sure. Elaborate. Well, you just said it yourself. All the holes are filled, and you know, mm-hmm. there's there's a a place for every tentacle. Mm-hmm. Sure. A Not always. Of, I, I, a feeling of surrender. sometimes there's flailing tentacles, and it doesn't seem like they have a place to go. Yeah, they gotta wait their turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, every story needs some sort of conflict. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Flailing tentacles and, you know, that's that's dissatisfaction on the uh, the beast's part. I'm all I'm all for whatever people find that fulfills their needs in the way that they need to. Um you know, because it's it's the guilt thing that you're talking about that makes it all complicated. Mm-hmm. It's that when people expect something to look a certain way, it's never actually looked that way. And then they get mad that it doesn't look that way. And so then they sort of put all these rules and restrictions and, you know, they, they make everything really complicated. Communicate. Connect with each other. Yeah. So when, when people are so concerned about how other people are having sex and conducting their relationships and they really seem to be very upset about it, do you, do you have any insight on where that's coming from and why... How other people yeah well because you know they're they're worried and, and scared about it themselves uh-huh. you know a lot of times just goes back to the sort of gay conversion therapy there's a, they don't want something to be a certain way they don't want to have feelings a certain way um, and so they try to eliminate that idea from existence it's like the same thing like the war on drugs people are gonna do drugs Drugs are great. You yeah. know, people people love experiencing all kinds of euphoria and whatever. You know, I'm fine with them doing it. Whatever. But it's, they don't want to be tempted to do something. And so they have this belief that they can eliminate that thing from existence. Hmm. And you can't. You can't kill an idea. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. someone else is going to come along and bring it up. It's just going to keep happening. 
So then the best way to deal with it is what? The best way to deal with everything is just to accept what something is. Mm-hmm. Just be in that space. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll take you to, to people that have different kinks. So someone's like, man, I'm really interested in like popping balloons. Go for it. I don't, I don't know where that's coming from. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I've told you in my creation process, some wires get crossed. But what are they doing? They're hurting some balloons. That's not a big deal. What, what's been one of the biggest surprises that has developed with people having romantic relationships where you were really taken aback? Um, the two girls, one cup video. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I was shocked. That was an unexpected turn. Hmm. I couldn't justify it. I didn't know where it was going or why. Yeah. Um, it's comforting to know that God felt the same way about that video that I think most of us did. Uh, when I saw it, I I had the reaction that you normally have, which is this is a logical conclusion. I to just what internet and sex together. Wait, so God was surprised at Two Girls One Cup, but you were not. Yeah, I'm super interested in this. No, I was I, I was in too deep in like being exposed to pornography early and stuff like Mm. that so i i just i was like oh of course i'm seeing this that's weird see i've seen so many things in person that you can't even imagine Mm -hmm. and i was shocked you've spent enough time watching internet porn not surprising to you not really okay It, it was just another episode you know i'll say that the title was clever it's very misleading it's cute it's, it's very cute. spoofable, too. Uh-huh. So, I mean, their brand will continue for decades. Yeah. Their brand. I was you know? generally and genuinely concerned about their health. That was my thought once yeah. I was done throwing up. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that occurred yeah. to me as well. Um, it shocked me. Yeah, their their health is a, it was a big concern. That's probably the main takeaway from that is I hope they're okay. Yeah, that that girl wasn't eating good foods for her. Yeah. Um, oh, this is super convenient. Listen, I had a I had a question for the room. Yeah. It's actually a question more for Brooke because I, I think you have uh, experience with this, but I'd want to pose it to the room because I want everyone's opinion. And it happens to be uh, a listener question too. Great. We're going to kind of segue into the listener questions area of this, but... So it happens to be in uh, the middle of my Venn diagram. Um, what what are y'all's thoughts on polyamory? And I think more specifically, my question would be, how do you navigate polyamory successfully? Um, a lot of communication. And not just communication, but soul searching, being honest with yourself, um, being open to things changing and creating a safe place for you and the other people you're involved with to say what they really feel without being judged. Because you can say, oh, tell me anything, and then your partner can tell you what they really want, and then that makes you feel funny mm-hmm. and maybe uncomfortable, so you get defensive and you push it back at them. You know, that's not creating a safe space, and then communication can't happen. Um, you really need to know how to process your own emotions. So if someone says to you, I want to sleep with this other person, and you feel a twinge of jealousy, mm-hmm. you need to know how to 
okay, let me breathe through it. This is just a momentary feeling. Um, let me tell my partner how I'm feeling without making it their fault. So rather than, well, you're upsetting me by telling me that it's, you know, I, I feel a little surge of jealousy when you say that. And I think it's probably coming from insecurity, but I appreciate you being honest with me. Mm -hmm. Those are two very different things. And um, it's really all about plugging into where you are, what you want and what you need and where your partner is and what they want and what they need. And where is the space between all of those things that you can come to an agreement where you're both comfortable in the ways that you want to be or uncomfortable in the ways that you want to be if you want to keep pushing yourselves um, and where you still feel connected and supported mm -hmm. as everyone deserves to feel in relationships. Mm -hmm. Regardless of the relationship, we all deserve to feel connected and supported. Yeah. I mean, polyamory, I'm, I'm totally fine with that. You know, the thing I'll put out to people in the thing where everyone makes it so complicated is jealousy. So if someone is making your partner feel amazing, mm. sexy, desired, all these good things, somebody is making someone that you love feel incredible, why does that make you feel bad? And a lot of it comes down to insecurity. Yeah. Of like, I don't want to share that thing or that thing is not the thing that I provide. And so I don't want you to have something that I don't provide because then I don't feel as good about myself. And you don't get they get wrapped up in this sort of inner cycle of destruction when when really it's like, wow, my partner is beautiful. People are attracted to them because they're amazing in all these different ways that I'm attracted to them. Mm -hmm. Why does it make me feel so upset to not only imagine other people being attracted to them, but also the very real reality of like they're attracted to other people mm -hmm. for different things. And communication is obviously a really important thing because human beings aren't mind readers. I'm not even a mind reader. You've got to use your words. Uh, I will tell you a lot of the reasons why things like that fall apart is because people try to cheat the system. Mm -hmm. They try to take a little bit more than their partner was willing to give them. And, mm -hmm. you know, cheating and polyamory is a, or in open relationships is a really interesting thing because it was unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Didn't have to do it. Just had to use your words. That specifically feels very frustrating. Yeah. Because you're like, I've already given you so much leeway or we've already negotiated this. Why are you then going outside of these boundaries? Because yeah. right. it's not like cheating doesn't exist in polyamory. It totally does. Cheating in any relationship exists when you step outside the boundaries that you've agreed on with your partner. Yes. Right. It's, it's not about the sex. It's about the betrayal of those agreements. Well, it's about trust. Because here's the thing that I'll tell you is that polyamory or open relationships or whatever you want to do might be good for one partner and it might not be good for your next partner. You've got to treat it as a case-by-case -case situation because you might trust this person a little bit more. This person might be better at communicating or, you know, this person might be really good at communicating, but they suck at giving in to temptation. Mm -hmm. You know, you're like, I can't trust the tech, take that person anywhere. You know, that might not be a good person to have right. an open relationship with. They're willing to take accountability and apologize, but it doesn't change their behavior. Sure, exactly. So, you know, I would say I would love if people treated their relationships like it's a, it's a beautiful new thing. You start with exactly who this person is across from you, and then don't try to make it fit into a mold. See where it goes. Mm -hmm. 
Your relationship should be about you and the person you're in a relationship with. And that extends to monogamy. Mm -hmm. I think monogamy is beautiful. And I think it's the right choice for a lot of people. I think it just comes down to, is that what you want? Is that the best thing for the world that you've created with your partner? And that's only something that you can figure out talking to each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess when I when I think about polyamory, what comes to mind is the complication of it and how difficult it seems, how daunting of a task it seems to oh, yeah. achieve a sort of openness, clarity, and communication and honesty with them. And then it's like, okay, we climbed Everest and we are super open with each other. But now I have this desire to go out and establish that level of clarity with somebody else. And I have to start at fucking base camp. Yeah, I have to start at base <laughs> camp and uh, to like maintain this tenuous, it, it, but you see what I'm saying where it oh, sounds absolutely. like such and, a huge responsibility. And it responsibility. can get really complicated. Personally, the, the form of non-monogamy that my partner and I, my primary partner and I practice is called coupled non-monogamy, where it's established that we are each other's primary partner and everyone else is sort of, you know, like secondary to that. Not that they're not very important to they're us. They're guest stars. Right. They're guest stars. And we, you know, we, both of us treat all of our partners with respect and we appreciate them and we want them in our lives. But for, for the two of us, um, you know, when the chips are down, it's, it's us as a unit. Mm -hmm. we're, we're the main family. And then everyone else is kind of around that. Um, and a lot of people don't do it that way. I do it that way because I am very emotionally invested in and committed to my partner. And that takes a lot of energy. And I just don't have that much energy for another person on that level. Yeah. Pretty much everybody else in my rotation um, are friends that I'm physically attracted to. So I care about them and I spend time with them. But I, I don't feel the need to constantly check in they're not the first person i think of when something good happens mm -hmm. you know that's for me personally that's kind of reserved for my primary relationship just because yeah. i don't have enough time i have three jobs i don't have enough time sure for more than one seriously emotionally invested relationship yeah there's no right right way to do relationships it's you're just trading off different problems they're just different <laughs> you know you, you, you either have security or you have passion, going back to what we were talking about. You know what I mean? Having an open relationship is secure in ways that non-monogamous or monogamous relationships aren't secure because there's more flexibility there. Yeah. And I would even venture to say that non-monogamy can bring a good amount of passion to a relationship that's very secure and committed and comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you got that recharge. You, yeah. you remember what it was like to have to date and work. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, you, you, know? you go, you indulge that crush, and then, you know, you, you're hit with the reality the first time you spend time with somebody that you're interested in. And a lot of things are great, but a lot of things are not. And very often, my feeling after a first or second date with someone is, well, that was fun, but, oh, man, I can't wait to to go home. Mm -hmm. mm. I can't wait to go home to my real partner. And then the fact that I was able to have that experience in the first place makes me even more grateful and feel more connected to my primary partner yeah. for allowing me the space to do that. Sure. Monogamous relationships can have just as much passion. Mm -hmm. People just need to put the work in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And man, do they get lazy. Go on a date. Mm -hmm. Buy some flowers. 
start from scratch again. Say, let's imagine we've never dated before. We're going we're gonna to be teenagers and we're going to have to work our way up. That's fun. Do that for a little while. <laughs> that is a fun role play. Right? Yeah. Where are you going in such a hurry? You got to keep jumping to, to, to penis and vagina or whatever it is you're doing. Mm-hmm. Take it slow. Got another listener question here. Great. And this one I'm just going to drop in here because I feel like it's a oh, man. Really complicated answer. Getting dangerous. How do you know when someone is the one? Ooh. Well, a person being the one is somebody that aligns with the things that are important to you. Mm-hmm. you got similar priorities. You measure things the same. That's, that's important. Um, and most importantly is that you've got some level of flexibility in your relationship. You're going to grow together. Mm-hmm. And when things go bad, you don't, you don't blow it up because there are bad parts. Because if you're a person that goes, oh, I want to have this relationship and the person's the one, we're never going to fight. That's not true. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you fight differently. You, you converse with each other. But, but, but that's it. You know, there's all kinds of people that you could make a go of it. Or, you know, you have different partners that'll be different things to you at different times in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll become more attracted to them. But, like, are there soulmates? Did I put up a, a secondary puzzle piece and the two of you are, are missing parts of their souls that have met each other? No. Is there more than one the one? Sure. Depends on where, where, where you're at, what you need. So if we miss one, we can find another one. Yeah, it'll be different. It's a whole mixed bag. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, if, you, if you're talking about um, having chemistry with someone, having that special spark, you know, that could be a number of things. That can be you're super attracted to each other. You know, you just go, wow, that person is physically the things that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Or you could smell them and go, man, our DNA would go really well together. That's another thing. Or you could be on drugs. Or you could be on drugs. You know, there's, yeah, all, there's, yeah. all, there's all kinds of the ones. But it's really more about who can you grow and adapt with together. And who can you always treat with respect, even if you're having difficulties or you don't agree? I think, you know, a lot of people say compatibility and sense of humor, and I think that those are all really important. But I think if you are able to always approach the other person with a sense of respect for who they are and where they're coming from. And, you know, even if you're kind of disappointed in some choices that they're making, you're like, oh, fuck, he did this fucking thing again. But you still respect him as a person and you still give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I will say this is my, if, if you had to give relationship advice to people, um, you've got to imagine that you're dating another person, another autonomous creature that has their own wants, desires, needs, and perspectives and approach the relationship that way. Because the way that people get relationships wrong is they try to control their partner and they treat their partner like they're a two-dimensional part of this unit that doesn't have their own wants, needs, and desires, you know, and they expect them to fit certain blocks and they get upset with them when they didn't do an imaginary thing that they came up with with their own head. Yeah. That's insane! I'm mad at you because you didn't get this thing that you didn't know about and you didn't read my mind. Oh, but it's so fun to put expectations on people. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, and then they disappoint you, and then you go, they must not be the one for me. Uh-huh. No, you, you dummy. They're fine. 
You're the problem. So then, what do you what do you do if you realize that you're the problem? It just seems to. Come, I mean, if you realize you're the problem, yeah. do something about it. Yeah. You know, make a change. Actually, do the change. Mm-hmm. Don't sit around going, "Oh man, I wish I did this." God, I would be such a better partner if I listened to my partner, or my partner told me it'd be great if he did the dishes once in a while. Mm-hmm. Just do the dishes. Yeah. Is that so hard? That's very much a common theme in Judaism, by the way. It's not so much sit there and pray for God's help. It's more God helps those who helps who help themselves. Mm-hmm. So I'd rephrase that to people who help themselves help themselves. Even adding a, God into you, you it is more complicated. Well, no, I'm not doing anything. Well, I mean, if you are everywhere. Yeah, but I'm just watching. I'm not. So I'm not doing the dishes for you. Then, well, you're there with us doing the dishes. Yeah, and it's 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 uninteresting. Yeah, and I, it takes I agree. a while. I hate doing the dishes. My yeah. your, your slogan should be, "I'm God, the SAT proctor of the universe." Yeah, I like that. I I okay. So there was one listener question that spoiler spoiler was actually your question, Brooke. Mm. Mm. You know what it is. I do. Please mm-hmm. ask it. I do. Please. Why did you put the male G-spot in their buttholes? Oh, that's easy. Empathy. Aww. Yeah. There is a... You have to be really vulnerable to let someone physically inside you, Mm -hmm. in addition to letting someone emotionally inside you. Yes. And, you know, I wanted to give them some sort of prompt to be like, I'll try that. You know, I'll see what it's like to let someone in my space a little bit so that they can kind of understand what's going on. Um, I didn't put it in till later. I did. I definitely didn't put it in till I saw people start to have anal sex. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I was like, "Well, if they're gonna do it, oh, I might so, as well." So that wasn't. In I the keep original... upgrading designs. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Can I ask what the next upgrade is for us? Should you know what? Here's go. here's what I'll roadmap? I'll throw yeah. out there to to kind of help the ladies of the world, because the the clip button thing didn't work. I'll make it glow. How's that? Thank you. I'll put a I, big goddamn blinking beacon. I really like so that. So nobody misses it. Mm-hmm. And if you're getting it right, it glows brighter, maybe? Oh, that's a fun idea. You know? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I thought the button as of itself was going to work. I'll try it. Everything's a beta test. But we, we tend to, uh, we probably will even screw that up. Well, here's the thing. Having a, what's going to be sadder is when they don't press the button and it was a big blinking beacon that's what i mean you can go oh that'll fix all the problems but then when it doesn't work you're going to be twice as upset about it so that's the trade-offs everything in balance yeah 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 well glad we had such a positive note sure future of the species yeah um glowing clits coming in 2020 (laughs) can't wait brooke thank you so much really appreciate you coming onto the show thank you this has been wonderful thank you god Hey. I really appreciate you taking the time. Since... You're welcome. Y'all, thank you again so much for listening to the show. Remember, like and subscribe. It really helps us out. Leave a review, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts, there should be a little area where you can review. And uh, that super helps. We are on Twitter at WhyGodPodcast. And uh, we could put your question on the show. If you have anything at all you want to ask God, he's in charge of the Twitter and in charge of the email. Yeah. He's disappointed. About uh, that. It's a lot. The last thing I wanted to do was be on Twitter. Yeah. And yet he volunteered to start the account. So, mm. you know. Just doing what needs to get done. Read into that what you will. Mm-hmm. I appreciate your work. I appreciate you. Thanks, man. No problem. Have a good one, guys.
Bye.